Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee, your tea, your water, whatever it is. Sit back and relax while we talk about what is happening up in the stars above for the week ahead. Uh, the third full week of February, and now, as of yesterday, the sun has moved out of Aquarius, and we start the train of events, moving everything into Piscean waters territory, right? So things get sensitive, things get emotional, and things get psychic, perhaps, or even more awareness of subtleties that are happening in the energetics around who you are and where you are and the unseen realm coming closer to the surface. So that happened yesterday. Um, the moon at the same time moved out of um, Gemini and into Cancer. So now we have sun and moon both in water signs. So we are upping the energy of water to help balance the energy of air that's been pretty powerful uh, over the last several weeks with so many planets that were sitting in Aquarius and air sign. So we're balancing the water and we're balancing the air. <clears throat> we still have, uh, actually, it, it looks like we still have a pretty nice balance even with fire and with uh, earth energy. So I think it's nice when the elements are coming into a balance like that. It gives us an opportunity to even balance within ourselves um, the elements that we might be lacking or the elements that we might be overly heavy in. Um, so in our own lives, things might seem to smooth out somewhat. But never forget that we still have the North Node sitting at the gate 51 and shocks abound, right? All kinds of different kinds, different shocks are available, possible, awesome things that, that shake and rock your world. Um, conflicts that come up out of the blue, um, falls and accidents that happen. It's just kind of the way the energy is working at the moment. Uh, let me say good morning to everybody. Uh, I saw Christine come in this morning and Tom and Amanda J. Good morning, Debbie Tippett's Tumiel. I was thinking about you this morning because I thought I hadn't seen you in a couple of days with us. So I hope all is well in your world. Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. I did get your email this morning and we'll get you a solar um, eclipse and lunar eclipse astrology chart uh, later today. And Debbie, thank you for that reminder. She says, hit that beautiful like button. So if you are um, in YouTube and watching this, it's the thumbs up. Please hit the thumbs up button. If you are on Facebook watching this morning, hit the like button. And then, of course, share with your friends, your, so your social medias, that type of thing. Good morning, Joan Durchy. Hello, Patty and TJ. Great to see the gang is here on this Monday morning. You know, I'm kind of excited this morning because the sun is coming out. Sometimes I feel like in the winter, we don't see the sun much, but I noticed that the sun is up. So maybe it will be a nice sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest. That would be a nice change. So... <laughs> today. We have a lot to talk about. Actually, as I was unpacking 
uh, the information that I wanted to share with all of you this morning, I kind of got carried away and ended up with eight pages of info. So <laughs> bear with me as we go through what seems to be a lot of information that I want to share. This will be a good morning for you to have your astrology chart in front of you and your human design chart if you have them available, just so you can track with me and understand that I'm talking about generalities at this point, right? So I'm telling you the moon's in cancer, but I have no idea how that affects you, but you might because you'll be able to look in your astrology chart and go, oh yeah, the moon in Cancer is going to hit, in my case, it's going to hit my natal Mercury. It's going to hit my natal Ascendant. And that means that the energy of emotions is going to be high, running high this morning for me or today and into tomorrow likely. So in your own chart, even noting the house, you might not know what the relationship of the moon to certain planets might mean in your chart. But if you know the house that it's in, the pie-shaped piece of the chart that the moon is transiting through in Cancer, it gives you an idea of what area of your life is being impacted, okay? So let's dig in, shall we? The first thing I want to talk about, though, before we uh, actually, well, yeah, let's talk about the moon and Cancer. It doesn't matter whether I start with the moon or the sun today, but they are moon and sun in a great relationship for these next few days while the moon is in Cancer, because water is the element for Pisces and where the sun is, and for Cancer where the moon is. So the moon and the sun are talking um, in a positive language with one another, if you will, right? They're getting along quite famously. So what that means is that your inner self, the moon, and your outer self, the sun, are working pretty well together right? So things seem a little smoother for a few days. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't have traumas or dramas or, you know, upsets going on. It just means that emotionally and physically, we are in sort of a, a good space for at least the next couple of days, at least until the moon moves into Leo on Wednesday. Uh, now, the moon in Cancer brings forth a softer, more sensitive and emotional energy for all of us. And that is being applied in the house where you have Cancer, right? The sign. And in, in that transit of the moon through Cancer, we have more nurturing emotions that come to the surface. So the moon in Cancer sort of activates our feelings of caring and nurturing and compassion and empathy. Um, and it pulls on the strings of our sensitivities, right? We may feel um, more reactive to the events happening in our world and happening in our family. We may be more easily moved to tears. We may be more easily moved to anger. It's all in the energies uh, of this time with the moon in Cancer. So expect to feel deeply during these next few days. And I would even say because of the moon or of the sun's presence in Pisces, be expecting that emotional sensitivity for uh, all the way until middle of March when the sun moves out of uh, Pisces and into Aries. Now, with the moon in Cancer, we have a desire for safety and for comfort. It is a sign that so appreciates stability. It's not as stability-oriented as, say, Saturn or Capricorn or Taurus even, but it appreciates home and family. So it's more about the safety and security of the connections uh, that we have with each other that Cancer is mostly involved with. 
And we may have or feel a deeper longing to connect with people in our families at this time. And because this is water energy, our intuition is also heightened at this time, more pronounced, right? We can actually uh, maybe even see it in action in our lives. And it guides us to connect to our most inner desires and personal needs when the moon is moving through the sign of cancer. It is more maternal and more protective energy that we're feeling. It's very sensitive energy and protective, right? Cancer is the great mother. Cancer is the sign the moon rules. So she's very empowered here, right? This is her domain. And home and family become the focus, right? Home and family, we want to spend more time at home or we want to spend more time with our loved ones. And we also feel the need or or take actions uh, while the moon is in cancer to sort of replenish our foundation, what makes us whole. And uh, <clears throat> that is a process that that is really when we connect with our relationships. So when we're, where we're working with cancer as the moon energies, we're really working with the relationships in our family. So remember, this energy is going to vary from person to person, because like I said, I'm talking in generalities here. I don't know specifically unless I pull your chart how it will affect you. But collect so all of us together, um, it influences the energetic climate that we are in for the next couple of days. And that makes it more emotional. It makes it more um, sensitive to uh, everything that's happening around us. So be very aware of what you say and how you say what you say. Uh, because the actions that you take and the words that you um, speak right now might have unintended consequences. And that's because of the emotional energy, right? You might say something to someone and you think you said it with care and sensitivity, but the other person takes it in and then reacts to it, right? So you have to be very aware. Now, it's not your responsibility, by the way, about how other people respond or react to what you say or to what you do. But, you know, some responsibility does rest on each of our shoulders to make sure that we're not acting as a trigger or catalyst to other people's emotions, right? So be very sensitive and caring during this period of time. Uh, so let's uh, talk about the sun now in Pisces, because that was a big deal happened yesterday, just as the moon, they, they kind of happened in tandem, right? Moon uh, moved, let's actually, the sun moved into Pisces, moon moves into Cancer. And now we also have the sun emphasizing empathy and sensitivity and compassion as he is moving through this sign. There's a highly emotional, imaginative, creative, and sensitive energy now for the next 30 days or so while the sun is moving through Pisces. And the sign of Pisces is one of the depths, right? It's going deep, deep understanding of other people's emotions, of what makes other people tick, um, kind of relating to people then on a profound level is totally um, uh, possible during this period of time that the sun transits through Pisces. Imagination and creativity. Pisceans are dreamers. All of us, while the sun is moving through Pisces, tend to be dreamers. 
um, we have a rich inner world that can be playing out during this period of time. And we're often expressing ourselves during this time through art or music or other creative pursuits. Yesterday, I was like, what, what am I going to do today? And it was kind of a rainyish, you know, just drizzly, drippy day. And that meant I really couldn't go outside and do much out there. So I decided to pull out my diamond art paintings that I haven't done in a while because I've been busy doing other things. So it was really interesting because I wasn't tuned in necessarily that the sun had moved into a creative sign. But there it was. I felt this urge, this need to be uh, expressing through color and through art. Right. So that is definitely a big deal during these next few weeks. There's also compassion and service. This is a water sign. The water signs always seem to be very emotionally connected, compassionate, empathic, or filled with empathy for our fellow human beings. And then taking the path of service in order to help provide for families or for people that are in our lives. So we have a desire, in other words, to help others. And uh, the, the only issue here becomes when we sacrifice ourselves in the service of another person or for the greater good, what we think is the greater good. So we'll have to be so totally aware of this right now because we can be very quick to uh, sacrifice our own needs uh, our own desires in order to help someone else. There has to be a balance, right? A give and a take. So some people in a situation like this overgive and then become depleted. And then they have no energy left for themselves and it can lead them into that more victimy energy. So we have to be careful of that. So you want to balance giving and receiving, right? Giving and receiving. Now, Pisces is also a sign that is associated with mysticism, spirituality, uh, wisdom, right? It's a very spiritual sign and uh, spiritual awareness, uh, an aware sign. Uh, I'd be watchful this whole next month of your dreams. Time to get your journals out if you haven't already and start writing your dreams, um, your ideas, um, the ahas that you might be coming up with that, you know, are being facilitated by other planets as well. Uh, but during this period of time with that imagination and creative energy built up and with this being a very spiritually oriented sign, ideas coming in from on high are distinctly possible. Um, transcending limits is another big deal with Piscean energy. So let's talk about this for a second, because transcending is a big word and transcending limits seems to be a big theme. And what we mean here is that Pisces tends to feel connected to the realms beyond the physical. And that might mean I was watching a show the other night where uh, what was it a Star Trek show where they ended up in a parallel universe, right? Something happened mechanically and they ended up in a, in a parallel universe. And when the sun is in Pisces, we have this possibility of tapping in to those parallel worlds. Now, that likely happens in our dreams at night, right? We find ourselves in a different situation, you know, maybe the same people, but that maybe they look different or they're in different roles. 
Uh, maybe there are new people in our dreams, but it feels so real that when we wake up, we're like, oh, wow, where, where have I been? Well, quite possibly, maybe you've leaped into a parallel universe, a parallel lifetime that you are leading. And, you know, there's a good reason why we have no conscious um, connection to those parallel worlds, uh, because then we wouldn't live the one that we're focused in, right? But sometimes we can gain some real insight about ourselves and the situation that we're in when we are tapped into that other realm. So maybe you can explore some spiritual practices that help you to tune in through meditation or so forth. Um, tapping in seems to be something that we do quite naturally during this period of time. So um, finding deeper meaning in our lives, Sun in Pisces, very much facilitating that for us. Now, of course, this happens annually, right? Every year from about February uh, 18th or 19th through March uh, 21st, when we have the spring equinox or the fall equinox, if you are uh, down below, uh, then we have this energy that's really in focus for us. And here's the thing about this time. This is the last energy before we start the new astrological year, right? The astrological year begins at zero Aries. So when the sun gets to zero Aries, we begin the whole new wheel of the year through astrology, right? So that means that Pisces is a very important sign. It's the alpha and the omega. And in this case, it's the omega and then the alpha. And it's considered a time for healing and regaining our strength before starting anew when we get to um, Aries. Okay, so take a breather, embrace the dreamy energy, take care of yourself, work on your own healing, because that's what this time is for. And use your intuition to tap in to what it is that you could be focusing your energy on that brings you that level of healing or brings you that level of regaining strength, right? Because you're going to need it. When the sun starts over at zero Aries, things, the energy begins to ramp up right? Energetically, we're catalyzed because Mars rules Aries, right? And it's really Neptune that rules Pisces, modern Neptune, but also traditionally it was Jupiter that ruled this sign. So we get the idea that we have to tap in spiritually and we have to avoid overdoing, right? So that is what we have for the next uh, period of time. All right, I'm going to take a look at the questions. Good morning, Catherine. It's good to see you. Pisces moon over here, she says. Uh, Christine says glitched for a moment and also that she has cancer in her third with Ceres. Um, Pisces sun and Mercury in the 11th and Scorpio moon seventh. Total water cry, baby. There you go. Right. Very emotional, very sensitive, very intuitive. Right. That's uh, that's a an interesting combo. Uh, Leilani, hello to you. Jolie, good morning. Tom, commiserating with you there, Christine. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel says, I've been dreaming so much. I have been exhausted all day. Uh, that's interesting, Debbie, because I've been also dreaming and actually sort of remembering my dreams, which is lately a big deal because I haven't been remembering them. So get ready, y'all. That's going to be the next 30 days or so, right? The dreaminess. 
And, you know, here's the other thing, daydreaming as well. So yeah, dreaming at night, probably more prevalent, more prominent for all of us, but also the uh, idea of daydreaming, right? Let an escapism, right? So we have to watch for that. Daydreaming, you know, is not particularly bad. Escapism, you know, just make sure it's not what you're doing to get away from real life or to to get away from doing something that you have to do, right? That, that must be done. You don't want to ditch discipline and uh, your regular routines because of daydreaminess and escapism. But be aware, you know, some isn't bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen to me uh, during these next few days, especially. Now, after the moon leaves Cancer, he, she will move into the sign of Leo. And when she does, she's going to be opposing Pluto, Venus, and Mars, right? Because they're all in Aquarius and Leo and Aquarius are across from one another. That axis brings up our need to balance ourself and our individuality against the group, right? Or against the networks of people. So we're balancing the, the, the one with the many, okay? And uh, the first transit, of course, the moon is going to hit is Pluto. Moon opposing Pluto uh, can cause inner turmoil. That, ugh, that sort of seething need to transform. And it can also bring relationship drama, mostly because, you know, you guys are sitting here listening to me. You're aware of astrology. I would say that those people who are aware that the moon is going to oppose Pluto are going to have it a little more easy than those people who are clueless. Yet those clueless people may be in your life, right? And they're bringing the drama to you. So be watchful for that. And our feelings can be intensified during this period of time. Anger, bigger. Upset, bigger. Love, bigger. Peace, bigger. Whatever it is, is amplified by the moon in an opposition to Pluto. And then it could be dramatic swings in your moods, right? Like high one minute and low the next minute. It's just part of the play, right? Luckily, she does not sit across from Pluto all that long. But remember how powerful Pluto is? And we give him an orb of 15 degrees, typically. So the moon can be impacted by Pluto for a couple of those days that she's in Leo. Just be aware. Don't be upset. Just get, be aware. Um, it can also make secrets come to the surface, right? Secretness, uh, things that have been hidden. Um, you know, I've been on, oh gosh, you guys just don't even know. Uh, I think I told you all that I found another brother tied to my DNA when my daughter's DNA came, uh, her DNA test came in. And then that started us on this search where the secret comes to light that my father, even though on his birth certificate, he was a Miller, it turns out he's not one biologically, which throws all of us off because we're like, we don't, our, our DNA doesn't match to any Millers, but we match to all these people named Meeks. So what's up with that? Mm. So it's been fun as these secrets are coming up. And, you know, secrets, um, sometimes secrets are a good thing to keep, right? I can understand why this wasn't something that they were blasting out to the world in the late 20s and 30s when my dad was born. 
because the times didn't really support a baby being born, um, you know, uh, out of wedlock, if you will. Today, that wouldn't be a secret, right? Today, it's like, okay, yeah, it happens all the time. We're aware of it. So when a when a, a planet like the moon moves across Pluto, some of the secrets that have been hidden for a while can come up. And some of the things that we um, <laughs> that we didn't want to come up may come up. So, you know, we just be aware of it. The main theme of the moon opposing this is about letting go, really, of the old, of, of the secrets, of what doesn't matter, right? Does it really matter? If it, if it doesn't, then let it go. There's no point in holding on to it. And sometimes this, um, the moon in an opposition to Pluto can bring up um, manipulative behaviors um, because there's power struggles involved here, right? With moon and Pluto, with anything, any planet with Pluto can trigger power struggles. It can also bring up the subtle manipulations that people are entertaining with one another, you may discover that you're being subtly manipulated by somebody or outright manipulated by somebody. So this is a time to take that awareness and act on it, to act to release yourself from it, right? There's no need to hold on to that kind of manipulation. Now, another planet that the moon will oppose is Venus, right? She's just recently moved into the sign of Aquarius. And in, in Aquarius, remember, Venus is kind of eccentric and she's forward thinking and uh, she's encouraging us to embrace our uniqueness, our, our eccentricities, uh, to celebrate diversity and to champion humanitarian causes. I mean, she's a lover of the, of the human in all of us. Uh, so with the moon across from, from Venus, or while Venus is transiting Aquarius anyway, it's about breaking free from societal norms uh, for the greater good of humankind. That is the name of this game. Now, while Venus is usually playing the cosmic matchmaker, right, she's the love principle and in relationships, during this transit of Aquarius, she's prioritizing casual relationships, casual friendships, with plenty of breathing room for individuality, right, being our own individual selves. So now when the moon is opposing Venus, um, it intensifies our need for companionship and for um, that affectionate sort of uh, feeling, the warmth of our love relationships. Not so much the sexual aspect as Venus can sometimes really bring that romantic side up. But in this case, in Aquarius, she's bringing up the friendship aspect of our relationships, the warmth, the tenderness, the affection that we have uh, for one another. So this might be a time with the moon opposing Venus for self-reflection, for contemplation about the uh, emotional projections that are playing out in your relationships and recognizing the naughty sides of these energies like possessiveness, uh, jealousy, uh, manipulation, right? Being aware of them so that you can transcend that and apply um your newfound awareness to growing your consciousness, right? That's the name of the game. So be very mindful, be self-aware uh, during this moon's transit through Leo, which again begins on Wednesday, the 14th. I mean, sorry, not the 14th, the 21st. <laughs> I was living in the past there for a moment. Okay, 
Uh, anyway, now, uh, Debbie says she's ditching doing taxes. I would if I were you. Who wants to do taxes? I think it's stupid that we have to do that when other countries it's already done. I mean, it's just dumb. I hate this time of year for that. That's the only thing I hate about this time of year is taxes. <laughs> uh, okay. Now I want to talk about the human design aspect because this is one of the weeks in our human design that I absolutely adore. And that's because the sun is moving through the gate 55 abundance. And if you recall in the gene keys, the gate 55 or the gene key 55 is about freedom, right? Moving from victimhood through freedom to ultimate freedom, right? It's the only gene key that has the gift and the city at the same word, right? So we move from the victim energy into freedom and it really impacts our abundance. It's literally in human design called the gate of abundance. So we have with the sun moving through there, this energy that symbolizes productivity, uh, fertility, uh, sustainability of abundance, right? And abundance doesn't necessarily mean money. It could be time. It could be energy. It could be relationships. But we often associate abundance with um, having enough. So enoughness is the key word, I think, if you want to um, put a key word in there. And it influences then how we experience abundance. Now, the gate 59 is where the earth is, and it's called the gate of sexuality in uh, traditional human design. In quantum human design, it is called sustainability. So it is how we express our sexuality, our fertility, our production, and how sustainable is that in our lives. So Let's take a look at the bigger picture of this week ahead. So by the way, this is the week from today, the 19th through the 24th. So it takes us through Saturday, Saturday to the full moon, right? Then it'll shift. Um, so we have expansive abundance during this period of time. The gate 55 is associated with that, with wealth and the flow of resources, right? So it's not just the resource itself, it's the flow of those resources. So with the sun transiting through gate 55, we may have a heightened sense of prosperity. We might feel a heightened sense of abundance, um, but we can also feel confident. Even if the, the situation isn't abundant, let's say at the moment, we may feel confident or more optimistic about how that might come about at some point here in the future. And in fact, everyone may start receiving more opportunities for growth and opportunities for success. It just happens during this period of time. On the other side of that is the possibility that you get caught up in a cycle of lack and scarcity because the 55 is going to point out to you where you aren't free, right? Where you've become the victim of circumstances, right? Oh, woe is me. There's nothing I can do, right? So we've got to watch that too. Now, there's material and emotional fulfillment here. The gate 55 is on the solar plexus, which is the center for emotions in human design. 
And it kind of tells us some information here, key information. The key is this, the gate 55 abundance is on the emotional center, not on the sacral center of doing. So um, abundance is an emotional job, not a work job. Does that make sense, right? We think that we have to work for abundance, but it is a birthright, right? Abundance is a birthright. That might trigger your noodle for a while for this week. Um, so you may find yourself appreciating abundance that surrounds you, not just in terms of material possessions, but also in your relationships and in your experiences and your personal achievements, right? It's abundant in a bigger sense of the word abundance. Now, we also have manifesting power during this time. So the gate 55 is linked to the power of manifestation through attraction, right? Through the attraction and we attract abundance via our emotional alignment with it. That is key. If you're emotionally aligned with something that you truly desire, it comes a whole lot quicker and easier than it does when you're not emotionally aligned. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have responsibility of doing as well, right? I just want you to understand that, it, you know, really, you have to be emotionally aligned with it. Your frequency, your vibration must be aligned with what it is that you're after, or it doesn't come or at least it doesn't come in the in the amount that you wanted or in the way that you wanted, right? So we have to be watchful. So attracting abundance through positive thinking, through intention setting, in setting intention setting, very, very powerful uh, during this particular week. But remember this, you will also note very quickly when you are out of alignment with it. So for example, you may be aligned, you, you may think that you are aligned with abundance and that you are headed down the path to creating a six-figure income, whatever income, right? But it's not happening. And then it triggers fear in you, which then takes your emotional alignment away from creating said abundance, so you have, we have to be very aware of those emotional energies that are plaguing us, uh, maybe sometimes even where we aren't aware of them, right? We're not aware. So the whole idea in human design is that the uh, solar plexus calibrates to the heart. And our emotions will tell us when we aren't calibrated correctly. Maybe we're not taking the right action toward what we want. That's a possibility. It's a possibility that we're saying things that are in exact opposite to what it is that we want to create, right? Like I, I'm trying to create this, this income, but I keep talking about how I don't have an income, right? And those two can't exist together. They're anti one another. So the call from the gate 55, the call from manifesting an intention is to align right? Bring those thoughts back into alignment with the feeling of abundance, okay? And then, of course, you have to take action as it appears to you. What is the next step toward that abundance, okay? So um, 
Now, we also may feel more desirous of manifesting abundance during this time as well. So we have to walk a fine line here that we're just not wishing and hoping and scheming for it, that we're actually coming into that alignment with it and willing to take the steps that it takes. All right. Now, because the earth is at the gate 59, a gate of sexuality and sensuality, we'll also be exploring that part of ourselves. And it's really about intimacy. More than the act of sex or more than, you know, the sensual aspect, it's about intimacy and how we embrace our sensual nature, but also how we share deeply of ourselves with another person or with other people. So we want to be able to explore the being vulnerable enough to be open to other people, right? And, you know, literally the act of sex is all about that. It's about intimacy, the bonding, the coming together that then needs to be backed up by a sustainable energy of providing right? Because if a child is born from that, then you have to be able to provide for that child. So sexuality is uh, really, in, in this sense, in this gate, is about sustaining the tribe, if you will, and also then providing the resources that create a sustainable family, tribe, community, etc. It's really kind of um, an interesting way to look at this. And the earth is the challenge here, right? She's bringing up the challenge. How do we support those that we love in our families? Um, in a way, these two gates, the 55 and the 59, integrate this idea of intimacy and pleasure in our relationships with the idea of prosperity. And it invites us to integrate those things into our lives in a harmonious way. Harmonious, not, not disharmony, but harmonious. Um, so we need to explore our desires more fully, um, attract abundance and prosperity into our lives by aligning with it and create a balance a sense of fulfillment in our lives, right? So it's an interesting week. And overall, it is one to celebrate, right? The week itself energetically is a celebratory week around prosperity and abundance. And then being open to the sensual pleasures of living in a world that's physical, that has great, you know, beauty and um, being in joy and openness, so now you can see like maybe why I really like this week. <laughs> we can embrace the growth, pleasure, and prosperity that comes our way and allow ourselves to experience our dreams um, or experience the richness, if you will, of life in all of its forms. And when you have that feeling of prosperity or that feeling of joy in enoughness, because that's the key word enoughness, it attracts more, right? You attract more of enoughness, right? So it's a very important concept for us. It reminds me of when Pia was talking about on Friday, uh, the fact that Saturday's energy was going to be 10, and I can't remember what it was going to be, 10 seeing, right? 10 seeing, the 10 in the Pleiadian energies are about manifesting. So we can either manifest um, 
from the positive because we're focused on the positive uh, or we can focus on what's not working and we get more of what's not working kind of thing. So be careful what you're focusing on uh, for this week. And by the way, you know, we've had Saturn sitting at gate 55 uh, earlier in this year and late last year. So we've already been learning some lessons around abundance and about what does it mean? What does it mean to be um, able to manifest what you want in your life? Okay. Any questions about that? Let me take a look real quick. Good morning, Asa. Uh, is it too late to sign up for Thursday's webinar? Christine, it is absolutely not too late. Let me see if I can get you guys the link and put it in here for you. Um, just one minute. I have to sign into Zoom for that. It will also be available. Uh, I, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of also putting that in my uh, as a as a course so that you all have access to those materials that way uh, but I will let you know for sure um, when I after that's done uh, so hold on one minute there we go copy so I'm going to put it here I know it's a long link and yeah whatever right that happens um, so there's your link to uh, schedule yourself for or register for the webinar. And uh, if anybody else has any other questions about that, let me know. Um, did you say gate 60? No, I said there is no gate 69, Tom. It's 59. And it is the gate of sexuality. Thank you for the levity this morning. <laughs> And no, it is not too late to get the Eclipse Astrology chart, Christine, not at all. And that's because um, it, it just takes me a few moments. I just go into your chart, which I already have. Uh, so you don't even really, it'll ask you to send me your birth information. But it, all I need to do is add the prenatal eclipses to that for you. Uh, so no, it's not too late at all. All right. So let's go on to something else interesting that's happening this week. Uh, also on Wednesday. Wednesday seems to be a big day this week, right? So keep that date circled on your calendar. And that's the date when Venus and Mars move into a conjunction. And so Venus, the planet of love, beauty, harmony, our values, our self-worth, money, the financial aspects of things, moves into an alignment or conjunction with Mars, the planet of action, passion, assertiveness, energy, right? So when these two come together, uh, it brings a dynamic and sort of stimulating energy to us. It's very creative, right? So we have, if you have a project that's ongoing or something else that you're, you're working on, having Venus come into conjunction with Mars is absolutely fantastic for you, right? Now, that means First of all, they're both coming into the conjunction in Aquarius. So we have an innovative and unconventional expression of these energies, thinking outside of the box, doing things differently. So Aquarius is known, of course, for the unconventional. And when Venus and Mars meet in this sign, it can inspire us to seek new ways of expressing our creative energies, um, our desires, our affections, 
Um, you may be drawn to unique experiences, to relationships with people that you aren't normally drawn into relationship with, and also breaking free from norms, getting out of the stuck zone, I guess you could say, right? We are trying to get out of that. Now, here's another aspect of Venus and Mars both coming together, but also an aspect of each of them separately in the sign of Aquarius, and that's about passionate idealism. Because the sign itself is associated with, you know, seeing the higher road, the bigger picture, uh, the vision of what could be, that's Aquarian energy. And with Venus and Mars coming together here, then it's a passionate drive to pursue our ideals, right? In an ideal, I'm an idealist from the moment I was born. I mean, I swear I saw everything uh, as it could be which meant that I wasn't always focused on what was or is. But right now we're being asked to kind of see a vision of the future and to pursue it, right? To pursue that. Um, you may feel inspired to work towards causes that are important to you, both individually, maybe as a single person to, you know, work or with other people that you love that are working toward a common goal. So passionate idealism, follow your heart, <laughs> follow your dreams. This is also an intellectual sign that Venus and Mars are coming together in. It's intellectual, it's air energy, it's informative, it's passionate about what's new, what the technology is, what's cutting edge. Um, and cutting edge in all things, right? Mental, but also all things communication. And when Venus and Mars come together here, there's a strong emphasis then on intellectual connections in our relationships, right? This isn't purely passion like we would think of, let's say, if she were in Taurus or if she were in Scorpio, right? There's not the the, the sensual or the sexual here. It's more about the intellectual. So we might be attracted to people who sort of stimulate our mental uh, capacities, sharing ideas and beliefs and philosophies, right? People who think a little differently from what we think, but in a more, I'm going to say metaphysical or spiritual way, right? Something different. So independence and freedom are other qualities that get brought up with Venus and Mars coming together here, because remember Aquarius values freedom and independence. And um, with them conjunct here, there's a desire for relationships that allow us to be our individual selves, right? To be in our individuality and to be free to express ourselves in our uniqueness, right? And so if your partner isn't, isn't someone that supports that for you, then the need will be for us to find other people in our lives that do support us that way, right? So finding your peoples, that's a good way to look at this. If you're not able to fill, fulfill that in your uh, relationships that you have currently, then it may be a time to look for new connections, right? New people. And of course, if you're looking for someone who supports your uh, love of gardening, you're not necessarily going to go to the neighborhood bar, right? You need to go to where the people are that are <laughs> resonating with what your desire or your passion is. So keep that in mind with this kind of energy. Um, there's also, as we move 
further into this year. I mean, we're just barely scratching the surface here, right? It's just February. But as we get further, you know, April, May, June, there's a real progressiveness that takes over the collective energies. And that flies in the face of the conservity, conservationist energies, right? So there's going to be a, this, this battle, and we have already seen the battle lines drawn between the more traditional conservative values and the more progressive leaning values. And the shift for all of us is more toward the progressive. The problem is it's slow right? Aquarius is a fixed sign. It moves slowly. So bit by bit, these planets that are coming together in Aquarius, they, they're planting the seeds of that progressiveness. And by the way, I'm not speaking of that as a political movement, but progressiveness as in humanity moving forward, okay? Um, bit by bit, we're going to see how that's playing out over time. Um, over the next 20 years, to be sure, while Pluto is in Aquarius, but also because we're tipping into that age of Aquarius, even though we don't have an exact date when that happens, it's happening. It's happening. And that means one of the other things that comes together with Mars and Venus at this point is social activism. So because Aquarius is a sign that's associated with social justice and with humanitarian causes, when the two planets, Venus and Mars, these are internal or uh yeah, internal planets, right? They they uh, affect us personally. They're personal planets. So we may have a strong desire to advocate for certain things, maybe equality or social change or financial freedom or creative endeavors, whatever it is, we feel more socially activated to share those things and make a positive impact on the world. So overall, Venus and Mars coming together in Aquarius can be exciting can be very dynamic and fulfilling our um, needs for creative expression, right? Sun in Pisces, it's creative and imaginative time anyway, uh, for uh, encouraging us to embrace our individuality, uh, to pursue our passions, but also to work toward creating a more uh, progressive and inclusive, we have yet to talk much about that, but a more inclusive future because Aquarius is a sign of inclusivity for tolerance, right? It is a sign that sees humanity. It doesn't see, you know, black or white or gay or straight or anything, male or female. It, it sees us all uh, as humans, right? It's about humans. All right. Um, now, I also thought since Venus and Mars are in a conjunction, wouldn't it be interesting to see what human design gate they're sitting at? Because it might get a, might give us a little bit more insight, right, into how this energy will play out. Well, guess what? They're both conjunct at gate 41, the sign of imaginative power, the sign of fantasy and imagination, creativity. It is also the gate of the human design new year. So there's creative inspiration available here as we look deeper. There's this inspiredness that we may all be feeling. And the inspiration may be to tap into our potential, exploring new avenues of our self-expression, how we show up individually in the world. And we can also feel a surge of that energy to push out of us in a creative way. Um, 
creating projects that allow us to establish a flow of our imagination into tangible forms, tangible reality. Remember the issue with the gate 41 is that if it all lies up here in our imagination, but we never take steps forward, it never gets birthed. So Venus and Mars together, helping us to birth something from our imagination, something from our creative side into the physical realm. Now we also have romantic idealism that pops up here. Um, Venus and Mars at gate 41 may actually heighten our romance, our, our romantic ideals um, and our daydreaminess, right? Because that's what the 41 is. It's a daydreamer. It's a dreamer, just dreamer, day or night. It's a dreaming energy. And it might be that we're envisioning our perfect partner, our perfect job, our perfect opportunity for growth. Uh, and then as we think about those things, it stirs up the emotion energy for us to go for what it is that we love, but what it is that we want. But we have to be mindful of maintaining the balance between that fantasy world and the real world, right? So keep that in mind, right? It's not enough to just hold it up here in a fantasy. It's not real if it's VR. It's virtual. But once we take steps to bring the real or the imagination into reality, it begins to turn out into form, reality, all right? This is a time for visionary relationships, right? It's that feeling of wanting to be around people that are like you, that can hold the same space that you're holding. And we may feel more drawn to individuals who share our dreams and our aspirations that um, are stimulating in some way to our imagination and to our uh, creative vision. We're looking for those people that can support us on that path, right? There's also emotional intensity at the gate 41 um, because it, the 41's energy moves outward. It's like a, you know, an arrow that moves outward toward the emotional solar plexus and meets up with the gate of desire at gate 30. And remember, we last week, yesterday was the last day the sun was at the gate 30. So desires have already been in our minds or in our reality in some way. And now this intensity around wanting to get where we want to go, wanting to have what we want to have is with us in a very powerful way. Um, this might be the need to take bold action to pursue what you want in your relationships or in your creative endeavors. <clears throat> bold action, right? Um, Gate 41 is associated with the power of manifestation as well uh, as bringing dreams into reality. So turning those fantasies, turning those dreams into concrete goals, right? Or the concrete sequential steps that will bring it into reality. Um, and we can do that through focused intention, <clears throat> through inspired action. It's always got to be linked with action because we live in a 3D world. If we were in Andromeda, we would live totally in this spiritual place, in this very highly creative place that manifests like this. But on this planet, in this solar system, it's denser and things 
that are in our creative imagination have to actually be acted upon in order to bring it into reality. So overall, Venus conjunct Mars is going to be a highly creative time. Um, it's filled with romantic idealism, perhaps with visionary inspiration. Um, so embrace your imagination. Don't allow yourself to hold it just there, though. Allow yourself to pursue it, to bring it into play in um, in an enthusiastic way, but in a way that makes sense for your energy type, right? Are you a manifester? Are you a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, or a, a reflector? You're going to behave differently based on your human design. Now, I also wanted to speak about this really quickly in terms of the Pleiadian Earth calendar, because Wednesday is also one catalyzing. And this is the beginning of a new week, right? So we've come through the ending of the week that began, uh, what was that, at one feeling, was it? Uh, hold on here. Began at one transcending. And now we're starting one catalyzing on Wednesday, the 21st. Um, and it's the first day of the 13-day cycle. And it marks the beginning then of a new phase of focused energy. And change is part of that and catalyzing transformation. <laughs> so can't just stay in your imagination. We got to take steps. So when Venus and Mars are here at that, um, on that day in a conjunction, you could just surmise that this is the beginning of a new cycle of action and creativity for every one of us, right? And wherever Aquarius is in your chart is where that is taking place. Okay. I probably have so much more, but I can't believe it's already. One thing I just want to say off the top of my head here is that also Thursday, before we meet again on Friday to talk about the full moon, on Thursday, we'll have Mercury move into Pisces. And that changes our mind and our communication to be more emotional, more sensitive, more colorful, more imaginative. So be aware of that. But it's also likely that we might be more forgetful. We might be more dreamy. We might forget things that, you know, ideas that we wanted to take action on that sort of slip through. We might be able to speak in a way that's very romantic and very colorful, but we also can have trouble bringing difficult concepts into words. So we might have this mixed bag of, of communication style while um, Mercury is moving through Pisces. And partly that's because Pisces is ruled by Neptune. So we have the foggy feeling, the not clear. It's almost like this, is, this happens to me. My own uh, natal Mercury is in water. So I kind of understand this where you, you know what it is you want to say. You know what it is you want to create but you don't quite know how to get it out. So we might have to slow down our creative process in some way uh, after Thursday to be more, to, to wait for clarity about what it is that we're going to say or do. Fun stuff, people, fun stuff. Um, okay. No, let's see. Uh, Tylen or uh, Jacqueline, I am going to be doing charts this morning, so I will get your eclipse chart to you. And JLo says 41 is her radiance and her design sun. That's awesome. 41 is my pearl. 
So interesting to me. Uh, okay, now let's pull some cards, shall we? Let's see here. I never bring them over. Um, I think I want to pull an animal card. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so let's see what animal is our totem animal for the week, the week ahead. And oh, you, moth spirit, card number 39, which is a 12, which is a three. That's a number that's of creative energy, but also scattering sort of our focus. Moth spirit says surrender now. And it was upside down. So we'll read the protective message there. Moth. That's funny because my daughter pulled cards for me and her sister this weekend. And she got moth. The daughter that was pulling cards, she got moth. Okay, so 39 says, Moth spirit can be intense and honesty about your own compulsive tendencies is needed right now. It is too easy to switch from one addiction to another, distracting yourself from the discomfort of uncertainty and the thoughts and emotions that arise when you aren't single-mindedly pursuing a goal. Moth spirit calls to you to practice moderation in all things and recognize when you, when you think and recognize when you think you are headed toward the light, but are really heading into a fire that will cause burnout. Why are you so resistant to letting up? Could you be avoiding difficult emotions you need to feel and release? Hmm. Now is the time to do a fearless inventory so that your addictive tendencies can be toned down and rechanneled into enthusiastic activity in moderation. You are not a machine. Listen to Moth Spirit's message that a change is needed to support your well-being. Maybe deep down, you know you have become too attached to something and someone. Let go of your need to control the outcome and allow yourself to remember the many ways you want to channel your energy to relationships, to work, to giving to others, to self-care, and to all the other pursuits you value. Moth. Mothman. That's a pretty card, by the way. Although if I saw a moth like that flying around, I might freak out just a bit. It's those legs. <laughs> oh, the danglies. Uh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for showing up this morning. Happy Monday to you all. Tom says this show is worth a second listen to. I think I agree. Lots to take in. Uh, and you're most welcome, Tom. And to all of you, have a wonderful day. Bye for now. See you Friday. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design, and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.